morning and welcome to the Owner to Owner podcast. My name is Felicia Harris and I'll be your host this morning. As you already know, owning a company is complex. There are zero moving parts. And when you bring employees into the picture, things get even more complex. Whether you have one employee or 10,000 employees, it can be a challenge to keep it all running smoothly. And that's where everything HR come in. We do one thing, HR. We're human capital experts. We're problem solvers. We make things simpler. In this complimentary podcast, we'll provide you with the latest HR trends. Whether you do business in your home state or across the United States, you'll be able to call in and talk with HR professionals about the issues that keep you up at night. More importantly, you'll be able to hear best practices from business owners that have been in your shoes. So go ahead, give us a call, or send us an email with your questions at everythinghrfs.net. That's support at everythinghr.net. Today, our topic is on financial wellness. Good morning. Welcome to Everything HR, Owner to Owner podcast with Everything HR. Now, my name is Felicia Harris, and I'll be your host this morning. As you already know, owning a company is complex. There are a zillion moving parts, and when you bring employees into the picture, things get even more complex. Whether you have one employee or 10,000 employees, it can be a challenge keeping it all running smoothly. And that's where everything HR come in. We do one thing, HR. We're human capital experts. We're problem solvers. We make things simpler. In this complimentary podcast, we'll provide you with the latest HR trends, whether you do business in your home state or across the United States, you will be able to call in and talk with HR professionals about the issues that keep you up at night. More importantly, you'll hear best practices from other business owners that have been in your shoes. So go ahead, give us a call and ask us your questions. The guest call-in number is 929-477-1199. You can also email your questions to us at support at everythinghrfs.net. That's support at everythinghr, F is in financial, S is in services.net. Now, today's topic is going to be on financial wellness. All this month, we're going to be talking about the employee value proposition. Today is going to be a little bit different. We know traditionally we talk about financial wellness from the standpoint of just the employee. But today we're going to split this up. We're going to start out talking about the financial wellness for business owners and what's needed for them too as well. So we're going to look at both sides. The first half we're going to take a look at the business owners. The second half of the show we're going to take a look at the employees. Now, we already know as I stated earlier in my start, owning a business is challenging. If we look at statistics, the Small Business Administration states that majority of the businesses that open for small businesses, 20% of them fail in their first year of business. Of those that started, another 30% fell in their second year. And then of those that started in the same year, of those that are remaining, another 50% of those fell in their first five years of business. And then that number increases 
to over 70% in their 10th year of business. A lot of that comes from not having enough on the financial planning side. And that's where the stress comes in for business owners. As I started out the show, I stated owning a business, it is difficult and it's challenging. Some of the top reasons small businesses fail, 19% of them are outcompeted. 23% of them don't have the right team. Another 29% of them run out of cash. 42% of them, there's no market for their product or service. And 82% of them do not have the, have the necessary cash flow in order to keep their business running. And so if we look at the top thing, it's the cash flow issues that keep a lot of business owners up at night. And we look at the other 29% of them that actually run out of cash. Statistics also tells us that women business owners have the most difficult time in actually borrowing money uh, from lenders and obtaining funds from lenders to actually run their business. Now, I said all of that to you to actually just give you information as to some of the stresses that business owners face. Some of the worst places that the SBA stated that business owners can open that experience the most is Stockton, California is number one, and Modesto, California is number two, San Bernardino, California is number three, number four is Allentown, Pennsylvania, and number five is Santa Rosa, California. Those businesses face the most challenges, and most likely why there are so many towns in California that experience them is because there are so many requirements on the employer of a demand on them from an HR standpoint and the number of requirements that they have there. It's a whole different beast than any other area across the country. And so finances play a huge part in that for business owners. We know that as a business owner, and this is one of the reasons why they fail, is because they don't properly plan for the various economic cycles that we go through. This is my 34th year in the financial industry. And I can tell you that the main reason that people have stress is comes from finances. We know that when we are in an economic contraction, and that's where the economy begins to slow down. And we also know when we're in a recession, where basically we have high unemployment at that point, where consumers are no longer buying luxury items, where they're putting off large home purchases or things of that nature. The interest rates are coming down at that point to encourage purchasing. But for the most part, consumers are negative on the economy in and of itself. And so we know during those times that there are statistics out there that show us that the number of trips to the hospital and the emergency room increased during those times of contraction and when our economy is in contraction and recession. And so we need to be mindful of that. To just kind of give you a brief overview of the various economic cycles, Expansion. Expansion is when we have low unemployment and where consumers are freely buying and selling and banks are freely lending. Consumers are, are buying homes 
and businesses are thriving and interest rates are increasing because they need to monitor inflation. The next one's economic cycle from expansion is contraction. That's when things begin to slow down, as I stated. Unemployment begins to rise, and many people start becoming leery of making any purchases. And recession, as I just stated, is when we have the high unemployment. Interest rates now are starting to come down. In order to encourage purchasing and make buying and borrowing a little bit easier for banks to do provide for business owners as well as consumers. And then we have the recovery phase. That's when businesses start to begin to hiring again and unemployment start to decrease and the consumer confidence level starts to increase again. And so as a business owner and as an individual, we have to prepare ourselves for various economic cycles so that we can avoid some of the financial stress that we may find ourselves in. We know statistically that a financially stressed out worker or employer is just bad for business overall. A business owner or an employee who bring their money worries to the workplace, they're less productive, they're less engaged, and they also raise the employer health care costs. This academic is something that not only the rank and file experience on a consistent basis, but also business owners do. I also highly encourage you to go to our website once we post this particular podcast and take a look at the diagram that I'm about to actually quote. It has been shown that a good portion of the financial stress that we experience is played out in our bodies. 15% of it comes from, from migraines for people that have low levels of financial stress. Opposed to those that have high levels, they're at 44% experience migraines. Those with low levels of stress, insomnia, they only have 17%. Opposed to those that are financially stressed, they have 39%. Those that are, are have high blood pressure, those that with no stress, only 26% experience high blood pressure, opposed to those that are 33% that are financially stressed out. Stomach ulcers, those that have stomach ulcers are 27% stressed out, opposed to those that are 8% stressed out. We know those that experience severe anxiety, stressed out individuals are 29% more likely than those that are not stressed out at 4%. And depression alone, for those that are stressed out, experience it 23% more than those that are 4% likely to be stressed out. And so as I look at this, I state that obviously it's something we all want to get a hold of because we don't want for financial stress to play out in our bodies. Nine times out of 10, when individuals are under financial stress, they usually have, that's where different diseases come out and, and, and expose itself in their bodies itself. And so we really want to be mindful of the stress that we carry from day to day, from owning a business, managing a business, and trying not to become one of those statistics where we go out of business. Now, we know that as looking at our business, what things can we do 
in order to avoid. And that's where I really want to spend the bulk of my time is giving you best practices, what things actually work to try to mitigate some of this. As a business owner, you want to be able to run what we call stress tests. You can recall back in 2008 where we had the financial crisis and legislation went into place where financial institutions had to go what's called a stress test which basically meant they take a worst-case scenario and be able to see can that bank withhold that stress. And that's what you need to do concerning your business and your personal finances because as a business owner, those two are really tied together. You're not just responsible for the livelihoods of your employees. You're also responsible for the livelihood of those within your own household. And so you need to have stress test uh, there with your own finances. And how can that be done? It can be done through financial planning. You should have a business financial plan and you should have a personal financial plan. Within those financial plans, there should be an, a, a component that allows you to do what we call what-if scenarios. So you're able to kind of stress test or run your own stress test on your finances. You do it with every product or service that you're offering there. You do it with every change, every change that you make inside of your business. You want to run a stress test. If you do not run that stress test, obviously you're, you're operating in the blind. You're, you don't know what are the possibilities that could happen to your business or the impact it can have on your business. We know already today that businesses can go out of business at any point in time, doesn't matter how big you are or how small you are. We see large corporations going that have been in business for over 100 years go out of business. And why? Just like the statistics told us, some, there's no need for their product anymore. They're outcompeted. They don't have the right team or they run out of cash. There's no market anymore for their product or service or obviously the cash flow as we stated. One of the other things I would strongly recommend to the business owner is that you have to form a relationship with your bank. I cannot stress that any more. It's an extremely important component for wherever you do your banking, you need to develop a relationship with that bank so that they can help prepare you um, for the various economic cycles, as we stated earlier, be it from expansion, contraction, recession, and recovery, you want to be able to work with your bank during those time frames. The best time to actually work with your bank or go to your bank and take out maybe a line of credit is when you don't need it because your books look awesome at that time. And if your books look awesome, the bank is more willing to actually lend you money and extend a loan to you during that time frame. You do not have to utilize that line of credit, but it's there so to help alleviate any cash flow issues that you may have during that time frame. And it's also there to make sure you don't run out of cash if we do, our economy do start to contract or we do go into a recession. And so having that relationship with a banker is key 
to your financial future and also reducing the financial stress that you may experience from day to day. Now, to go back to that financial plan, you can go to the Financial Planning Association, the SPA.org. They have a ton of resources there for business owners as well as individuals that you can tap into and understand the, the finances on a personal level as well as on a business level. You also realize that there are a number of different resources that the Small Business Administration offers that are across the country. There are women business centers across the country. And there's definitely one to take a look at obtaining a SCORE mentor. There across the country, you can find a SCORE mentor that may be a retiree in your field that you're able to bounce things off of. And they may be able to help you navigate various financial stress areas that you have within your business. The next thing we have, the SVDC, which stands for the Small Business Development Center. You're able to go to them and receive their services, as well as there's the Veterans Business Outreach uh, Center that's across the country. All of these things from the Women Business Center, the Small Business Administration, SCORE, the SBDC and the Veterans Business Out Center, those things are already paid for with our tax dollars. And so I behoove you to actually go out and take a look at the services that they offer to help see can those assist you in becoming financially sound. Now, wellness is something that has been around for a very long time, especially for corporations, because they did figure out if I provide wellness, a financial wellness program for employees, I can actually reduce my cost for health care. And so there are things that you as a business owner can do to assist in this matter, not just for yourself, for your employees, but also for yourself. You want to be able to set the culture, make part of your culture financial wellness. One of the things that the Financial Planning Association does, they have volunteer programs where individuals such as myself as a certified financial planner, where we actually volunteer to come go into businesses and actually give financial counseling. There are places also that offer, we're in tax season right now, where they will come in and produce taxes for your employees. So those are things that you want to look into and give your employees some financial guidance without you having to add an expense to your bottom line. And so we want to be mindful of that too as well. Uh, one of the other things that you can do is take little breaks, um, not just for yourself but for your employees. Take a little walk break or a stand-up break and a stretch break. Those are things that can help your team as well as yourself become more aware of the your health and being able to stretch and those things of that nature. I also want to bring up the fact that you can have a little snack bar with healthy treats there for your employees as they go through the day to keep their energy level up. As I stated, as a business owner, we work the 60, 80, 100 hours a week, seven days a week. It is no problem for us to do that, but we do know that our employees cannot do that. We preach.
can someone just recently reminded me, I'm constantly talking about a work-life balance, but I will openly admit that I am driven by work. If I have something that I need to get done, I'm going to get it done no matter what. And I'll rest after the fact because, because I find that I can relax after that. And so I can go and I can sit in my sauna and I can refresh after I get the work done. And so you need to find that right balance for yourself because we do have to stay healthy. We do have to realize that we do not relieve the financial stress on our, that we place on ourselves or the environment or the business demands on ourselves that we cannot be there for our employees and most importantly there for our families. And so I cannot stress enough to make sure that we take care of ourselves. It is important that we take the time to do things that we like to do, no matter what it is. For some of us, like myself, give me an hour alone by myself just doing nothing or whatever it is that I want to do. That rejuvenates me. That revives me. That gives me a push that I can actually go on. And so sometimes for some of us, it doesn't take a lot of time. It doesn't take a lot for us to get that boost that we need to go forward. And so we need to be able to recognize what makes us tick. And maybe that is the business. Maybe it's whatever reason that you started the business, you know, having your, your vision for the business. Maybe that's what makes you tick. But find that and take the responsibility to keep yourself healthy to fulfill that vision. The next thing I want to emphasize is that by keeping ourselves healthy, we can continue to be really that economic engine for our country. We know that small business owners employ over 60 million employees across the country. And when we're in those economic downturns, it is small business owners that are more likely to try and hold on to their employees than the larger corporations that will go ahead and make layoffs in anticipation of a downturn as well as when they're in a downturn. But most small and to medium-sized employers, they will try to figure out how can I make the employees hold. They will treat the employees as if they are their children or part of their household which they become, and we want to make sure that we keep them whole. For some of us, that means we don't take a paycheck just so that the employees can take a paycheck. And so to be able to do that, we have to make sure we have a sound financial foundation. And so and that starts with making sure we have a sound financial plan and making certain that that plan encompasses when we're in an expansion of our economy is in an expansion or our economy is in a contraction or our economy is in a recession or our economy is in what we call a recession or a trial. We're starting to come back. And so you should have a plan built out for your business for each one of those economic cycles and what you're able to do. And as I stated, you should be having frequent conversations with your banker with your banker about what your vision is for your company. 
That's how you can relieve the financial stress that you're experiencing. And that's how you can also remain healthy throughout the process. Now, we have a number of things that come at us from a day-to-day that can cause our stress levels to increase. We have to find a way to find those stress releasers, whatever it is. Like I stated, for me, it takes a little bit of time just by myself to rejuvenate me and allow me to come back and to be able to think a process through or a problem through or come to a resolution. For others, it may be something else. So you have to figure out what that is. It may be going to the gym and having a good workout. And so or going to lunch with a friend or a family member. Figure out what that is that makes you tick and allow you to pick up and finish strong. The next thing that I would like to remind business owners, in order to relieve the the financial stress that we put on our bodies, we have to make certain that we keep our doctor's appointment, be it our annual physicals or whatever that we may have, keep our doctor's appointment. Do not push them off because business is pulling us in one direction or another one. Establish an accountability system with another business owner so you keep each other accountable. I have friends that they actually all go together to have their mammograms done because they want to hold each other accountable to make sure that it's done because they all have very busy lives and they are pulled in a number of different directions. But they love each other enough to set up their mammograms all on the same day so that they make sure that each one of them have their mammograms done. And then they go out to lunch or breakfast, depending on what time of the day that the mammograms have been scheduled for. And so that's a nice break. And it's also a way to hold each other accountable and also to support each other. There are a number of organizations, obviously, that are out there, especially for a woman business owner. We have a woman business owner network where we get together and we share best practices and just talk about some of the things that we may be challenged with, and we're able to talk of, discuss them in an open manner and without there being any judgment what's passed from one to another and be able to, to kind of our own what-if scenarios. Or someone may have worked through that problem themselves and they're able to actually tell them, this is the way that I did it. And so that's what we want to do definitely first off. Now, this half we're going to talk about the employees. As I stated a little bit earlier, we stated that we know that a financially stressed out employee is a non-productive employee, just the same as a business owner. I want to definitely make certain that you know as a business owner, you're not responsible for the financial stability of anyone. The only thing that you can do is provide an avenue for an employee, but it is solely the responsibility of the employees to manage their own financial household just as you do for yourself. But there are things that you can do to make things a little bit easier for the employee. One of the things that you can do is provide a financial wellness program. Within that program, you can have individuals that actually come in and discuss various financial topics there for your employees. 
so that they understand some of the basics about buying and selling or leasing, and they can get information that they can't otherwise receive outside of your company or they may not be aware of. So you can have lunch and learns, and those lunch and learn programs can talk to them about the various taxes. We had a tax bill that was passed on last year, and individuals are just now figuring out the impact of that as they go to have their taxes done. Many individuals do not know the distinction between payroll taxes and income taxes. They're totally two different things. And so when they saw the increase in their pay from their paycheck, they did not ultimately realize that the impact on their of receiving that extra income on their payroll taxes was going to have on their income taxes. And so for most of them that were accustomed to receiving a refund for their taxes um, or now experiencing that they may end up owing money that normally that they would have used to pay for, pay their debt down, or use it or to apply to a savings. And so it's now being reversed where for some of them, they may actually owe. And so... If you have employees that are, that are running into that or may fall into that category, do know that around April 15th, coming up to the spring, we know that some individuals are going to be stressed out financially. And those same statistics that I gave you from a business owner, they actually apply to employees too as well. And so be mindful of that and sensitive to that for some of them. Their payroll taxes, they need to adjust their number of exemptions so that they will have more money taken out of their paycheck so that they may not end up owing for 2019 taxes. And so you may want to take a look at bringing in a professional to do a lunch and learn so that they can go over these things with them. The other thing that you can do is after tax season maybe to prepare for the 2019 is invite a CPA in to kind of discuss these things during one of those lunch and learns or a certified financial planner. If you go to the SPA.org and you can search under uh, search for a planner and find the nearest planner that's actually in your area. And those planners will be able to assist them with how, what's the proper balance for withholdings for them. The other thing that you can do is ask either a financial plan, certified financial planner or a CPA is to provide them with a tax schedule and so that on next year, they'll know exactly what it is that they should have withheld from their paycheck so that they do not fall into that category of owing on their income tax. That's one way to release some of the financial stress. And mind you, Neither of those things is anything out of pocket to you, the business owner. There are a number of professionals that be more than willing to actually come into your office and conduct a lunch and learn session for you and for your employees. And so take advantage of that. If you do offer a 401k, do know that it should come with someone that actually is managing that 401k. That is a very good person to have them come into the office 
and discuss. Maybe we want to increase the withholding or the amount that you're actually contributing to your 401k to reduce your taxable earnings. The other thing that person can discuss is making an extra contribution to your an IRA plan or a Roth IRA um, if you're falling into that category of owing this year. And that also will reduce the amount of taxable income that you have. And so there are a number of different things, as I stated, that you can do for the employee to help them during this time. A lot of people are, didn't grow up or, you know, having being a financial wizard or in that environment on a day-to-day basis. And the financial industry has greatly changed from the time that I came in here into the, the mid-80s until today. It is a night and day difference. And so there are legislation that is being placed on a consistent basis that you have to make sure that not only yourself as a business owner is up to date, but also that the employees are up to date. So being able to keep up on what needs to be done for the employees, utilize the trusted advisors you already have, and ha- or if you don't have them, make certain you go to the FCA.gov and actually contact someone in your area to come out and talk to your employees. The other thing that you can do from a financial wellness standpoint is make sure that the employees understand their benefits. This is the beginning of the year, and I'm a strong believer in providing employees with a compensation statement because most employees look at and feel that the only expense that you have towards them is that W-2 that they receive, and that's not true. You have coverage that you provide to that employee that we call the hidden paycheck. Employees do not recognize that you also make an equal contribution just as they do to Social Security and Medicare for them. And those are things that they can plan if, if assuming Social Security will still be there for everyone, that you're making a contribution towards their future too as well. And so if you don't, if you're not one of those employers or that provide for 401k or some other savings, do recognize you are making a contribution to that person's future and to their retirement, and that is through Social Security and Medicare. The other thing that you want those employees to also know is that you make a contribution towards workman's compensation for them, where if they are injured on the job, that you are providing protection for them financially too as well. And so those are all some of the other benefits that they need to be aware of to help relieve any financial stress. We know that when an individual experiences a medical problem, that that brings stress not just on that person, but on their entire household is being affected. And if that person cannot work, that makes more stress on them physically. And so instead of them beginning the healing process, they're more concerned about how they meet their day-to-day needs. And that's not something that we want. We want to be certain that they understand that you are providing various avenues for them that they may not even be made aware of. And so that's one of the other things that you can do for them. What else you can do for them is, as I stated earlier, um, take stress breaks, you know, and that could be just 
taking the time to stand up from their desk or wherever their workstation is and just take a stretch so that you can have that employee take a break for a moment so that they can reconnect with the work and be a little bit more productive. The other thing you can do for your employees is making sure that they are setting aside something for themselves. Now, we know back in the 70s and 80s is when 401k plans began to pick up. Businesses began to realize that the largest debt exposure that they had was pension plans, and we call them defined benefit plans. And a defined benefit plan is basically a pension plan where companies were basically coming into an agreement with the employee that if they stayed with them any length of time, that they would provide for them in their retirement years. And so with modern medicine, we began to live longer, and that put a financial stress on businesses and companies that did offer defined benefit plans, pension plans. And so they went to what's called defined contribution, and that's your 401k, your 457s, and that's where the employees make a contribution to those plans too as well. You as a business owner, you can start a 401k. You're not mandated to make a contribution to that plan. There are a number of different retirement plans that you can provide for your employees. And so I suggest that you go back, talk with your trusted advisors and see what's best, but you at least can be able to offer the opportunity for your employees to set aside something for themselves to take responsibility for their own financial futures, but you're just providing the vehicle. And with providing that vehicle, provide the education too as well. I'm a strong believer from being on the, in the financial industry for 34 years that if you take on a trusted advisor, that advisor should be there with you and your employees every step of the way. And you should involve them in the processes of your business in and of itself. And your employees should be able to sit down with them and their household when you're doing financial planning. You cannot do that by yourself. You have to be able to bring in everyone that's involved or have a voice in your finances. When we are conducting a, a financial workshop of any nature or if we're doing a financial planning course or a financial wellness program, we make certain that we make the information available to every financial decision maker in that household. We love to do them where we can have those individuals right there in the room so that nothing is lost in the translation or if they have questions, those questions can be asked. The worst thing that can happen when you have a financial wellness program is that you only have the employee that has access to the resources and not the other individuals in their household that act as a financial decision maker too as well. And so if you have to open it up to those in the entire household in order for it to make a difference in that employee's life. And it also realized that has a trickle effect. Understand when a person is stressed financially, it's not just while they're at work, it's also while they're at home. 
And that's where the most of the impact is because there's more pressure on not just that one person, but they're also realizing the financial stress that it has on the other individuals inside of their household. And so by you taking that little bit of time to connect with your trusted advisors, and it doesn't have to be something that once a week or once a month or once a quarter, it could be semi-annually that you bring in a trusted advisor for a workshop to discuss these financial items and, and with your employee base. But you as a business owner, I can't stress it enough, it has to be on a frequent basis for you. It has to be something where you are taking a look at your finances on a regular basis and being in contact with your banker on a regular basis. But for the employees, it does not have to be that regular. The other thing that you want to do for your employees is take the time and talk with them. We do know the sad part for being on the HR side is when employees are financially stressed out, that those employees are more likely to actually steal from the company because they're making a choice between providing for their household or stealing from the company or, or as they put it, borrowing from the company. Doesn't work out that way. But you need to be made aware of that too as well. And so being connected to them, you may be able to head off some of that. As an HR person, I strongly discourage businesses in giving out employee loans because you're not a bank. And it brings on hardships many times between the employee and the employer because now you become a bill. And no one likes paying bills. And so in order to maintain that relationship, it's good to have that distance but there's nothing wrong with you counseling that employee and providing them with direction. Do understand that as employees experience hardships, there's nothing wrong with you trying to see if you can extend some of your trusted advisors to them and see if they're willing to sit down with them and give them direction. One of the wonderful things that are at no cost that you can do in order to promote financial wellness physically during the summertime or when the weather permits, walk around your building. You can take time, give them 15 minutes, you know, a break or something that they can, everyone can walk around the building and, and clear their minds and come back and be a lot more productive. I have a couple of, um, in fact, we used to do it in one of the offices I used to manage, is the fact that we used to have potlucks where everyone brought in a dish. Um, you can have people bring in their healthiest dish, and that's one way of being able to not only relationship build, but also help re release some of the stress that a person may have from a day-to-day -day basis that they may be experiencing that you're not even aware of as an employer. Do understand that for us as females, I believe this is, is Heart Healthy Month, is recognizing that there are a lot of individuals that we may not know that they're under stress. And so you being able to establish a healthy relationship with employees 
can go a very long ways on them being able to come to you and talk to you about some of the issues that they're going through. And you may have the resources, not necessarily financial resources, but the resources in terms of organizations or your trusted advisors that you may be able to refer them over to. The other thing about relieving some of the financial stress is recognizing that you're allowing that employee to not just take responsibility during this present time, but you're allowing them to take financial responsibility for their future and the future of their family and their household by just some basic principles of knowing, should I rent or should I lease, be it a vehicle, be it a home, be it an apartment, knowing the different types of insurances. I cannot tell you enough how individuals will have, they say they have life insurance, but they don't recognize what type of life insurance that is. They don't recognize if you purchase an accident, an accidental health policy, that that policy does not actually go into effect unless you're actually in an accident. And so we have to know the difference between that. We have to realize term insurance is just that. It's given for a certain length of time, and when that time is up, it's gone. And so being able to provide them with the basics, there are brochures and literature all over the place that you're able to provide for your employees to have that information at zero cost to you. The other thing that you can do, and we know that when an employee experiences a death in their family, that is a huge financial stressor to that employee because in some cases, that's an income that may have been lost for that employee. We also know that final expenses can be very expensive. And so we have to be mindful of being able to steer employees in the right direction to prepare for those things. Life insurance as well is a group life insurance is one of the most economical things a business owner can supply for their employee base. Um, it's extremely economical too as well. And so those are things that you can also talk to your trusted advisors about and being able to supply for them and allowing the employee to actually, you don't have to end up covering spouses or children. The employee can cover those. The employee can also cover part of the deductions that they would pay for the life insurance, or you can cover part. There are programs that are out there where the employee would actually cover the whole thing. What I do strongly recommend is that you do a financial stress test before offering any benefit to any employee, because the worst thing you can do as an employer is have a, extend a benefit out to employees and then you take that benefit back. That does not make for a very good environment. It is going to cause tensions and conflict within your organization. So be certain that you, make, you do a financial stress test before you offer any benefit that will have an impact on your cash flow. It's better to delay it till you know that you're on a, a firm foundation to maintain it than for you to bring it out and there's uncertainty. It is a rule of thumb for individuals to have, it's customary for people to say to have at least six months of savings set aside 
I take it a little bit differently. I tell that individual to make certain you add up all of your obligations that you have. If you are a one-household individual where you're the only one that is or bringing in the finances, is coming in by one person, you should make sure you have at a minimum one year of savings set aside. If you are a two-income household, you can have six months of savings. It is better to have, and I will, I'm going to stress this, if you are a two-income household, if you're working for the same company, you still should have one year set aside because if something happened to that company and both of you are laid off, neither of you have a job at that point. And so you need to make sure that you have one year of savings set aside and that savings consists of all of your debts, all of your obligations and what you have. Now, I know I've been in finance long enough for individuals to say it is difficult to do that. And I'm here to tell you it is not. You'll be surprised at how fast that you can save and obtain one year of savings set aside. And it's based on the term that we call compounding. You basically set aside a little bit every month out of every paycheck. Yes, we have our obligations that we have to pay and be responsible for, but make certain that you also pay yourself something. I don't care what it is. It could be $25, $50, $100. Set aside something for yourself. And we also call that portion your emergency fund is really what that is called because that's set aside just for emergencies. You don't tap into it to take a vacation. You don't even tap into it to buy a car. One of the wonderful things that you can do for your employee base, especially for those employees that are falling into what we call that sandwich generation, where they may have children that are still at home or in college and or a parent that they may be also taking care of, the best thing that you could do for that individual is letting them know they have to put themselves first. The kids can go and they can get a loan for college, even though it's astronomical to, to obtain a degree right now. Understand that they're just starting out. If you're in that sandwich generation, you need to prepare for your retirement um, because funds are, may not be there for when you decide to retire. And do understand that life happens to everyone and you have to make yourself financially sound to prepare for that. On the other side, we have to recognize that as being a financial steward of our financial future, we are ultimately responsible for making certain that as an, an employee, as I spoke earlier, employees have to prepare for all of the various economic cycles too as well. Employers, as we've stated, they no longer are willing to take on the financial burden or responsibility of the financial future of employees. We're there to provide support. And in providing that support for the employees, we can do it by having the financial plan. Yes, as the employer, you're going to have the administration expense there of it, but you may not be able to make a contribution. That's okay. You're providing the vehicle for the employee. 
the life insurance you can provide for the employee. Yes, you can make a contribution to it, or you can just make it available to the employees. Same thing with disability and long-term care. We have the health savings account. That's something else that employees should be able to have access to because that is something that will have an impact on their taxes. Again, by having that or setting aside those funds for them for when they obtain retirement age, that they have something to fall back on for medical expenses. We do know that medical expenses make up a huge financial stress when an illness hits a household or hits a family or hits a person. If you do not have medical insurance, do know that medical expenses is the number one thing that causes individuals to file for bankruptcy. And so to in order to assist for that, look for programs that you can provide for employees as an alternate if you are not at the point where you're able to provide insurance for them directly yourself. There are a number of organizations that are out there. Encourage them to attend seminars to get information on healthy living. On with some of our future podcasts, we're going to have individuals that come in and discuss healthy eating, having healthy lifestyles, the exercise, the benefits of exercise. Again, we're coming down to the close of our podcast. I highly recommend to you that you go out to our website and download the notes of this podcast. There will be a lot of resources on there for you to pull from and that you're able to contact individuals to get assistance for yourself as a business owner as well as get assistance for your employees. On next week, we will be discussing customer service and how customer service is not just something that's external, but it's internal, and how customer service is, is really an employee value proposition when it's done correctly. Again, thank you so very much. My name is Felicia Harris for joining us today, and I look forward to you being with us again on next week.